We are here. We are um, alive. We are grateful for that. This is Ponzi Scream. Uh, I'm I'm David Bradley Eisenberg. Uh, how how is everyone? Is everyone safe? Uh, I'm cozy in my apartment right now. This is Gabe Pacheco, as always, here in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And uh, you know, I still haven't figured out how to get the background background to work on my Zoom. But other than that, things things are going okay with all things considered in the world right now. No, I like I like I like you being backgroundless, Gabe. I, I like your I like your setting. You have a nice bookshelf. There's a plant. I can see the top of your um I guess is it a futon or just a couch? This is a futon. That's you know? a futon. I like a ca- I like a couch you can sleep on. Yeah, they really get maligned. They've gotten maligned in like stoner culture and like like movies like um you know from the early two thousands, but like honestly, multi purpose uh, piece of furniture that I can totally respect, and I'm glad you have one. You know what I mean? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, this is uh <laughs> this is my base where I've been uh, fighting with people online all day who uh, are saying that they like protests but they don't like looters. Yes, Ooh. yes. <laughs> They're like, yes, I wish the, it could just be peaceful. And uh, I'm like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, why are we even talking about looters? You yeah. Can I, can I share my, uh, my favorite piece of looting that's happened uh, so far? Sure. Yeah. yeah, I would say my favorite thing that's happened so far happened approximately uh, last night, um, about 12 hours ago. When a small, very focused mob looted the Rolex store in Soho, uh, that was very, very cool. Uh, it was an awesome video of just a bunch of bunch of peeps just rolling through. I don't know, probably like you know, like one of those weird little like Green Street or whatever. One of those weird little guys uh, blasted into the Rolex store. Everybody right in, came out was all done in like two minutes. And like, I really was thinking about the idea of what it means to loot a Rolex store. And it's like the most personal, wonderful transfer of wealth to a poorer class than you could possibly make because those watches cost conservatively like $5,000 like each, you know? And I've watched so many antiques roadshow videos of like fucking old white people (laughs) from the seventies a lot of guys from like Vietnam will have like these stories that are like, oh, my sergeant told me that if I wanted to have a watch, I should get a Rolex. So he like a guy will like spend, you know, $100 in 1968 money on a Rolex and then it'll be worth like $20,000 and like 2020 money. So like all these people who got a Rolex, they can do one of two things. They can either A, sell it for some quick cash on eBay or some shit like that, although I'm sure they're all serialized. Or they just keep it and just let that wealth accumulate over years and years and years. Because Rolexes, generally speaking, do not devalue. Gabe, does your futon appreciate or depreciate over the years? Uh, it certainly doesn't take a licking and keep on ticking. This, no, this futon's no. got a shelf life of about two more years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, you know, I'm hanging out on this futon all day and... Uh, I posted this thing today, uh, uh, pictures 
of the backs of people's heads, um, mostly in Brooklyn because my parents live in Washington D.C. and I just I went to the Barclays Center last night, and mm-hmm. uh, for from seven till about nine thirty, I was out there walking around, um, marching, and I, I'd been hearing so many stories about how the protesters were violent, you know that narrative. That, that the protesters mm-hmm. are causing problems. And so I posted these images of just uh, people in all the windows cheering and all of the, <laughs> um, the cars honking in support and the bus drivers uh, waving and honking and people on the buses that were stuck in the middle of the protest march uh, waving <laughs> and, ha- and like very excited. So this feeling of solidarity within... Uh, the community in downtown Brooklyn last night uh, ran counter to a lot of the narratives that I was seeing online. And so I I wanted to post that. I posted that today and I got a bunch of backlash uh, from uh, a lot of white friends of friends being like, yeah, I just, (laughs) I just uh, don't understand. Everything's great as long as it's peaceful and there's no looting. Thank you for saying the H in white. I really appreciate that. (laughs) That, As a that, white man myself, that was that was courteous. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of where I, I I feel like I've got a Twitter brain today, where I haven't been able to focus on much because I keep looking at my phone when I get new updates, uh, from you know mm-hmm. fights on fights mm-hmm. on threads that I've posted. Yeah, fresh off the posting wars, Gabe Pacheco, <laughs> and it's really not the lane I like to be in. I'm I'm not a I'm not a, a poster. Uh, what uh, how did how did you feel how did you feel walking out? in the in the world again Today? gabe because oh. well um during the protest because i know you've you've done a pretty good job about avoiding all um like being very conscientious of like social distancing distancing and stuff so how did it feel to be out in the world again <sighs> well right i mean i'll bring up just i you know i'm a i'm an indoor kid i'm a little sick boy and i've got really yeah. bad lungs so I was really paranoid and worried about coronavirus for maybe the first 65 days of being uh, shut in my <laughs> railroad apartment with my uh, live-in ex-fiance. And, the next uh, thing, I feel now like available the, online. The, uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, protests uh, really helped springboard me out of my shut-in. <laughs> it really gave me like the proper um, motivation to get out. I was, I was expecting to, like when we got out of this, a quarantine to like go to like a dive bar with my friends, go to a comedy show. But no, I'm going back to another fucking police brutality uh uh march again. Just like it's just it it um of course that, that that's how 2020 is. It's in some ways not surprising how surprising it is. Sure. Uh, well, uh, that's my check-in for today. That's good. That's good. So with us uh, as well before we get too far into this is uh comedian and activist Elsa Eli Waith. Uh, what's up, Elsa? How you doing? Uh, hey, how's it going? I'm here. How, how have you how have you been, Elsa? What's going on? It's uh, it's been a ride. It's been, this is uh, my birthday was just yesterday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday! Thank you. And from Sunday to Sunday, it has been quite a year this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To say the least, yeah. Say the least. Uh, you know, uh, uh, on top of all the, on top of the, the pandemic craziness, um, personal on a micro level, my own craziness, you know, uh, there's, uh, black folks still getting killed. 
you know, so uh, on one hand, very uh, saddened, upset, angry about that. Uh, also, uh, very delighted everything is on fire. This is <laughs> quite possibly the best birthday gift. Revolution is quite possibly the best, best birthday gift anyone has ever given me. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, apparently it's just like way easier to set a cop car on fire than like I anticipated it would probably be like they keep catching they keep catching on fire and it's just like all right people are doing a pretty good job uh lighting those things up uh not too different what what i what i've been trying to tell people for years and even what i've been trying to tell people this weekend is uh we have to first kill the cop that lives in our head right that's the very first thing even throughout this weekend at several points there have been no you know i've been out in the streets and at several points there's been no cops around us and everybody is just sort of orderly orderly you know self gathered themselves self policed themselves back onto the sidewalk you know and uh it's like hey what are you what why are y'all using the sidewalk why are y'all using the crosswalk you know um and why are we waiting for a light it's just because that's like that's just because that's how we conditioned you know um at, at one point you know we hit the uh, the manhattan bridge to cross the manhattan bridge and uh, they sort of funneled everyone onto the walkway portion but 20 yards past the police line you can just hop the little fence onto the roadway <laughs> right yes so i hopped the fence onto the roadway and everyone's like what are you doing what are you doing and i'm like taking my street, the street that belongs to me, the street that belongs to all of us. Uh, uh, we all, we all really going to walk across this bridge on the walkway the entire time because the police told you to? Meanwhile, you know, meanwhile there's 20 of them and 200 of us. You know, they're all this hand-wringing about uh, who's burning what down and the optics and we should be more peaceful. Is we just, got Trump to... Huh? So I was just gonna say, like, we got Trump to hide in a bunker last night. Like, right? Keep no, going. I'm just saying, uh, 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 all of that is still white supremacy. Trying to look good, or ooh, this doesn't help the cause, or whatever. Like right now, actually, there is no cause. Right now, the cause is motherfuckers is angry. That's the cause. There is no, <laughs> you know, there's no direction. What do you? want i don't know what the fuck i want i want to be angry right now that's what i want i want to be angry right now i want you to move the fuck out my way that's what i want um people like well what does this solve it doesn't solve anything but i'm not i'm not here to solve anything i'm not a i'm not a policymaker i'm not a politician i'm not a police officer it's not my job to solve anything i'm angry move the fuck over and let a motherfucker be angry now that's uh that i mean that's interesting because Earlier, I said the thing about what I wanted to present was this idea that it's not the protesters who are causing the violence. And that doesn't mean that I'm not against, it doesn't mean that I'm against violence. It's that it is the police that are the antagonists. Yes, it is, in every instance, the police uh, 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 instigate, they, they start it, 
and and a lot of times, a lot of times, people don't even understand. Some things are being broken so people can go hide inside of the motherfucker. That yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When you see what I try to tell people is, when you see people looting a target, you know, one thing you don't see, you see people running out with uh, with clothes and um, and TVs. Which one thing you don't see is people running out with the baby items, with groceries, yeah, yeah, with formula. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I says, do you know? I was like, you know, where formula, baby formula, is one of the most shoplifted things. That's why baby formula mm. is often kept behind the counter now. You don't see wow. people running out. You don't see people running out with the food, or if they're running out with clothes, they're, they're, they got kids' clothes. They got baby clothes. Shoplifting and looting is a legitimate form of protest in a, a society that commodifies basic survival. So while yeah. I'm here getting my baby uh, formula, yeah, I'm gonna get a t- fucking uh, stereo too. While we at it, I'm, yeah. I'm, owed, I'm owed this goddamn stereo. It's really, it's, impu- it's impulse, it's impulse looting. It's like you <laughs> yeah, went no, into really. the store uh... for the Pampers, <laughs> but right next to the Pampers. <laughs> yeah. this, this Rolex is also very important to my survival. <laughs> I I need to know what yeah. time it is. It's actually true. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it does lead to what you were saying a moment ago, too, where a lot of media outlets are basically prescribing what people should be feeling like George or uh, George Floyd wouldn't have want this like this was one lot or this needs to be peaceful or this needs to be this or this needs to be that. And just like, who are you to say what? anything is supposed to be it's like the only thing you do by saying what you're saying as a news outlet or whatever is you're just telling on yourself about what makes you afraid and honestly to have a a candid moment it's just like all right i'm sorry you feel so I'm, i'm sorry you're afraid that loud noises and you know a little bit of chaos makes you afraid but again it's way more telling that you are will just immediately crumble at the sight of like oh like you you're like a a a a, a wealthy dowager just like oh like on the on like the, the <laughs> on like the fainting couch the minute you see people like looting stuff it's also just like a, a point of thing where it's just like um, uh, the united states does does this all over the over the fucking world like you got you know what they you know what we've done to iraq uh like lebanon just like all these places That's like exactly like, right well yeah yeah i mean to one quick thing on that is that people okay so there's this understanding of fascism to be imperialism brought home to the domestic sector and i think that that's a good point to bring up danny there was this uh tweet that i saw it said it had a question. It said this is by Professor Paul Post. Did the did Iraq and Afghanistan wars contribute to the militarization of U.S. police departments? And he says the data is very clear. Uh, surplus military equipment transferred to local law enforcement via the 1033 program. I have no idea what that is. Steadily rose starting in the mid 2000s, followed by the, spikes the 1033 after program 2010. Is uh, just surplus military. Uh, uh, Military equipment going to police forces for cheap. Refurbished. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a looting to me. I don't know. But, That's a, uh, I like what you guys brought up. It, this was a thing that um, somebody in one of my posts earlier talked about was that the generation of police officers that we're now um, confronting in the streets 
are uh, Iraq war vets. And oh, that made me Jesus. think that all of the tactics that they uh, put in place and experimented on the people of Baghdad uh, with to suppress them are now being brought home. So it's like we, right. we colonize Baghdad and we uh, terrorize people all over the world. And then those people come back here and terrorize us. I mean, even just that speaker, the LRAD, the long, uh, long range acoustic device. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah. that was made to, uh, uh, to flush people out of caves and hidey holes in Iraq. All right. Uh. That, that whole thing where they play annoying music, they play every, <laughs> you know, they play Metallica or whatever. Poopastank. Yeah. Until you lose your mind or whatever. It's yet, another, it's yet another thing I have in common with Saddam Hussein. Yeah. <laughs> but many, yeah, many that, that device was brought back here and you see it all the time. They use it for their dispersal warnings. All right. It's, it, uh, it, can, get, it can get loud enough to damage, uh, permanently damage your hearing. And there have been times where they turn from the dispersal warning, you know, please get out of the street, you're subject to arrest, to just the straight up like, what? And like, what the fuck is that? It's so just, scary. It's just a giant sound cannon. One thing that I've felt about this, speaking of like foreign intervention, has been all these accusations that there are these foreign agents. And it reminds me a lot of Russiagate. And I think uh, in, in that... It's not that you think that there are foreign, that you actually think that there are foreign agents. It's that you can't wrap your head around the fact that this is what America actually is. And so you come up with other things to digest <laughs> and understand. It, it, has to be, it has to be foreign saboteurs. It ha and, and these are like, well, even like well meaning liberal democratic politicians saying that it's like, that it's, it's foreign agents. Right. I think there's two lines of things happening because this is also well documented uh, uh, um, around around the war around uh, in the 1930s. Right. Yeah. There's two things just happening. There's one that people just cannot believe that this is happening. Right. Like you said, and there must be some sort of outside agitators, <laughs> you know, uh, some foreign agent uh, is ginning this up or whatever. Um, but also Robert Mueller's got to go to join the NYPD, you know? Well, yeah, well, there's also a, the, the tactic of uh, making people suspect and turn on each other. Right. Right. Um, who is, you know, is this guy really from the neighborhood? What is this guy's intentions? Why are you burning this down? You know, and now suddenly we're not paying attention to the police. We're trying to play who's an undercover. Right. Right. Yeah. And they purposely, they will purposely be obvious. What people don't understand <laughs> is obvious undercover is obvious is a game that we play in the streets because they <laughs> are purposely making themselves obvious so that you see the obvious undercover, which now makes you think, well, shit, maybe there's some other people I'm not paying attention to. And guess what you're not doing now? You know? And right. all this happens, it really does. I have documented evidence from about five years ago. Remember me showing you, um, Eisenberg? There's a there's a, a, a email from the NYPD to another NYPD. My face circled, talking about leader, and they were in our <laughs> text messages at one point, you know. But like, 
guess what we never did we never figured out who that person was so like the real undercover you're probably not going to figure out but they want you to but what you know what we've spent the next seven months doing pointing fingers at each other for seven months paranoia paranoia for seven months while that right. guy was probably that the undercover was probably with us for maybe a week and then disappeared and the, yeah. that one that one week um had us fucked up for seven months yeah yeah the yeah the funny thing about and the nypd and cops in general is that all you have to do is uh <laughs> is, is 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 like be a lot be logical about it where you're like Huh, I wonder if the I wonder if like the saboteur in this is the guy with the twiddly mustache and the top hat on and it's just like, yes, yes, there they are. There they are. In those videos when they catch the undercover, you know why? <laughs> because he's being obvious. Yeah. Yeah. You know? He's bait. They they do that on purpose. Yeah, they they're... want you to catch them. They're like every uh... video for years and years now. But the thing is, you're a dangerous person, you're not going to know. So don't spend, don't even waste that time trying to figure out who's who. And then on the other hand, what's like scaring the fuck out of me is that there are actually people and videos of folks turning people over who, to the police who they suspect is, a, is an outside agitator or, a, 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 you know, an undercover or whatever. And like, are we working for the police? Who, like, what are we doing right now? If somebody's mm -hmm. doing something you don't like at a protest, it's just like everything else in the real world. Move the fuck away from them. If you if you get on the subway and someone's being crazy and jerking their dick, you just move to another fucking car. That's right. You know? So if you're <laughs> busting a window and you don't want to bust windows, let them bust windows. But what That's we're not going to do is turn empty. people into the police. Yeah. You, you, no, no, no. Someone's beating off in the subway. You go up to them and you say, "Sir, are you an undercover policeman?" <laughs> uh, so I just saw this tweet. This is just in. Um, the alt right are now circulating images of who they believe to be quote Antifa organizers, and the images are just the indie rock band, the National. Uh, <laughs> So nobody really knows. There are no organizers of Antifa. Like, there's just um, a lot of shadow boxing as to this whole concerted effort, um, kind of by everyone, by the alt-right, by, you know, centrists, uh, by kind of institutions. Everyone's just like, who are these? There's, there's got to be some organizers. Like, no, we are, like, we are angry, like Elsa said, you know, the 10 minutes ago. Um, and we're just expressing ourselves. This is, we've been like Gabe, housed up for 65 days, and... Uh, now, oh, I'm man, not, not going to take orders from the National. piss off a bunch of unemployed people. Jesus. Now yeah. is yeah. not the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you piss off a bunch of unemployed people at the top of the summer. Oh, bitch, we're doing this all summer. That's crazy. Summer rage. <laughs> no, we got nowhere to be in the morning. Elsa, you're 100% right. correct, because... I remember when uh, the first uh, protest started happening in Minneapolis, I guess, or like whatever, it feels like a year ago, but it was like four days ago. It's literally five, just a week ago, right? It's literally right? just like a week ago. And and then uh, and then there was like uh, some rumblings, I think in LA uh, by the 101 freeway. And I said it to like my family. I was like, oh yeah, there's, there's something in LA. And my mom was like, what? There's something happening there too? 
And then literally within like 30 minutes, um, Twitter blows up and it's like uh, uh, Nashville, Chicago, Atlanta. It's everywhere. And yep. I was like, of course it's everywhere. There's 40 million unemployed people who have been gaslit for the last three years by uh, a president that's made everybody angry at everyone else. And I feel like everything that we see in the news just feels fake. And for once, um, these protests are just cutting through that noise where you get to see people in every state, in every city, in the streets. You know, I was someone was asking, like, what's the difference between now and and four or five years ago? Because, you know, the comrades know this is just this is um, winter 2014, 15 again. You remember after Eric Garner and the Mike Brown non-indictments, there were protests in New York City yep. every single night. There were protests yep. around the country nearly every single night. And th- that yep. didn't stop until suspiciously, I got some theories about it, but that didn't stop <laughs> until suspiciously until two police officers were killed, right? But that shit was every single night. And so someone asked me like, well, you know, how come it's, you know, we were, this, this, the problem was the same four or five years ago, and we had the same energy four or five years ago. What's the difference? You know, I'm so mad that it's taking the pandemic for people to get out. It's exactly the pandemic, because if four or five years ago, police killings didn't touch you, or you could find a way to tune it out or escape it, you can't now. You're home all day. It's all over your TV. It's all over your Twitter. Guess what? You, guess what? You ain't got. You ain't got a job to go to to distract you. You can't go to the no store. Sports. You can't go shopping. You can't watch any sports. There's there's no way for you to escape it. So all those other things that you're already mad about, right? <laughs> Everything that you're already mad about, you can't. You, you know, no job, no school yes. for the kids. You know, the police, the police got all this goddamn warfare equipment, but you had to raise a GoFundMe for your coronavirus, okay? All this other shit added on top of that. And niggas still getting killed on on the street on videotape? For for a $20 bounce check? For a $20 fake bill bounce check? (laughs) I wouldn't even be upset if somebody was out here and they not even mad at the police. You, just mad you, you know what I'm saying? That's fine. There's a million things for us to be mad out. You yeah. know what? You late to the revolution? Fine. Yeah. You late to the revolution. Here go your pitchfork and your torch. We'll figure it out later. Let's just go. Yeah, part like you feels you're... like this is like this the, the part of me feels like this is like the assassination of Archduke Archduke Franz Ferdinand or something. This is yeah, right. no, this is it. And I've been telling people. I, I know I sounded extreme a few years ago, and I wish. I'm gonna I'm find a I'm find a, a, a podcast that I remember. I got a, I, somebody called into the podcast. And I got into an argument with this motherfucker because they was talking about how aggressive and how <laughs> how, how aggressive black brunch was, <laughs> right? <laughs> they were upset and how how I'm a, how we gonna turn people off by interrupting a lunch. And I remember saying, "You better be happy." All we're doing is interrupting your lunch and not turning that whole restaurant over. And I said right. that, and I told people, the, I says, when, when Charlottesville happened, I says, that right there was the start of our new civil war. Nothing happened after that. We've been having a civil war pretty much ever since uh, 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 Trump got elected. We've been having little teeny tiny little bad- battles 
all these little mm -hmm. um police uh, uh police killings all these little uh, uh uh what they call them mass shootings you know mm -hmm. uh, synagogue attacks walmart attacks all of those have been battles that's right all of these times where we have where we see white supremacists and the alt-right clashing with protesters all of those have been battles leading up to i guess this is some motherfucking gettysburg or something. I told people this is a civil <laughs> war. It just don't look like the way you think. It ain't gonna have um, very clear decide north and south sides. They're not gonna be very clearly defined uh, 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 battles and, and yeah, well, marches, really, you know. Really quick though, but did you guys see that image of the uh, hall in the south where it was like a slave auction block that got burned to the ground in the, in the uh, protests? And this is the Sisters of the Confederacy. Yeah, it's something like yeah, that. Yeah, the American yes, Revolution yes, yes. shit or something like that. Yeah, and they got like... the Sisters of the Confederacy building. I mean, bruh, I was just telling this to my friend last night, three in the morning. I said, I think Trump might have to quit. I don't think you're allowed to let the, uh, the Capitol catch fire. That's right. I think he might just have to quit. <laughs> I mean, really, bro, of all the things that he's done, I think that's an automatic game over screen. Right, you know? right. Like, he only responds to real he only responds to real power. He is he is absolutely without shame. I mean, this is a madman who only like there will never be a like I'm too embarrassed, therefore I'm gonna quit. He will have to be forced from office either politically or physically, right? I mean, this is a vote of no confidence that he deserves for this. Like <laughs> No, like really, I feel like how do, what how do we move on with the rest of this week? Knowing that you know this nigga's in a bunker right now, the lights is, <laughs> the lights is out at the, at the White House. No one's like, home. No trick or treating at the White right? House. Like, we have no candy for you. That is, this has never happened. House. We're yeah. at the White House. We're the spooky house of shadows. Yeah, like, <laughs> how do we continue the week? Um, yeah. You know, he's giving yeah. a press conference and you can hear flashbangs in the background, you know? Like, I just watched the video. He's on the microphone and you can hear explosions. So I think, uh, I think he loses. I think, that, I think, I think you lose um, when, the, when the country's capital is burning and you're just <laughs> like, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> so... Um, one last thing I wanted to talk about, or one extra thing I wanted to talk about was um, how there was all these police demonstrations of looking like they were kneeling with protesters <laughs> or like marching with protesters. So the fact that I've folk seen... even fell for that. <laughs> yeah. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's funny. Yeah. So I mean, like, I've seen um, just like numerous tweets of people being like, quote, quote, retweeting all these like, you know, uh, media outlets from like, cop shakes hand with protest boy, buys him a McDonald's or whatever. And, uh. and, they're, and they're just like, and, and, and they're like, every single person's like, literally 45 minutes later, they mace this in the face. Or, yeah, like, <laughs> they, they know what they're doing. This is amazing. And it's like, oh my God, they, I know. they clubbed all of us like an hour later. <laughs> they're yeah, like, uh, we've been them. To tell people. <laughs> This uh, this yeah. propaganda cycle has happened hella quick, right? There's so like a there's a there's a pretty um, there's a pretty set cycle of things that happens after every police killing, right? 
there's the initial outrage we all take to the streets. Everybody's angry. There may or may not be some rioting or uprising or whatever. Um, and then, you know, somebody's maybe or maybe not arrested or whatever. Then some black celebrity, uh, a pastor or a preacher or somebody gets on TV, the family gets on TV. Everybody calm down. This is not what he would have wanted. Side note, if something fucked up happens to me, this is exactly what I want, okay? Don't. <laughs> I yeah, wanted do this. Nobody, do not let nobody, do not let my mama, do not let nobody on TV say I would have wanted peace. Absolutely not. You have my permission. Mm -mm. Obligation to burn shit down. And and tries to smooth it out. And then like a week later, we forget about it. And and then, you know, now there's a whole bunch of videos of people like cops <laughs> playing basketball with some black kids and giving out toys and shit. But I oh, that's my people, favorite. Yeah. Right. But I always <laughs> tell people, where do you think that cop who was playing basketball with the kids is doing right now? <laughs> it's like uh, you think, do you think he just plays basketball with kids all day no. he's the basketball he's 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 officer he's officer hoops he's officer he's officer <laughs> he's just like i'm officer hoops uh give me the rock and then like two out at two hours later and then just like blah, 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 blah. like that's what it's like that's what it is every time like, does he get dunked on and just like shoot the kid because he's embarrassed you know like i'm i'm you know what do you think they do all day like that's like seriously one percent of their entire day i can shoot i can go play basketball with a cop if i wanted to right now right yeah serial, serial killers have a live friends rapists don't rape every woman you know, like, right. of course they're not going around killing every black person. I've had plenty. I've had, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I've had actually several very pleasant interactions with police. Sure. Wow. That's not yeah. the point. I have. I've had great, plenty, plenty of yeah. great interactions where everyone's, I don't feel like you're going to kill me. You've helped me out. Maybe this cop went above and beyond to do something for me. Guess what you still are? A motherfucking cop. I say this shit all the time. There was a, there's yeah. a Death Star, right? Niggas work on the Death Star. There's a nigga on the Death Star whose entire job <laughs> is just to mop the floor. His entire right. job is just to mop the floor. All he does is mop the floor and take out the trash. But when, uh, when niggas blew up the Death Star, guess what? Eugene had to go too. You know why? Because <laughs> Eugene took a job at the Death Star. He didn't take the job. At the happy-go-lucky social justice star. No. No such. No, there's no. Oh, there's no such star. No, that star doesn't <laughs> exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. everyone's everyone's nice. That's the thing. Everyone is nice. That doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah. Everyone pets I, dogs. Everyone, everyone smiles yeah. at a baby. Yeah. Everyone loves whiskey, you know, like everyone's a barbecue <laughs> aficionado, you know, everyone's a barbecue aficionado, you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's, there's no, like not everyone is Dick Cheney who is just like aesthetically I, evil, you know? Dude, I, Dick I have to share, I have to share this video with you guys of, of not this Christmas, but maybe last Christmas where I saw uh, a firefighter and I'm, I'm not exaggerating in the mall. absolutely killing it on two turntables like straight up just like old <laughs> old school old school 90s 90s dj like he's mad at the fire department you know
Because they're really heroes. Yeah, like, what's that joke? Nobody made a song called Fuck the Fire Department. (laughs) I mean, but he had, like, he was just, like, you know, he had the whole get-up on, and I was just sort of like, this fucking guy. It it, it was like, you know... I'll share it. I'll share it. You guys will love it because he was off. It was, yeah, he, it was great. Point being, you can, you can absolutely spin the ones and twos and still like kill Everyone, a child. Everyone's got a hobby. Everyone's got a hobby. And that- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I asked the cop that one time. I was like, you, what, did, what else did you want to do growing up? You couldn't have always <laughs> wanted to be a cop. And he was like, right. I like, he was like, I like riding bikes. I was like, oh, that's why you're a bike cop? I was like, you could be a bike courier. There's so many jobs you could do. You know? Oh, jeez. I, like, I like riding bikes. Okay, uh, like, yo, there's got to be something else you wanted to do before you like, were like, professional asshole. That's it. Yeah, that's it right there, professional he's, asshole. He's like that, yeah. Riding a bike really uh, fills my heart with joy, but what really makes my soul smile is is uh, is uh, touching men's buttholes and, and checking their nutsack. <laughs> I really like beating minorities, actually. <laughs> and I beat minorities on my bike. <laughs> yeah. Can I beat minorities with my bike? Which is which is a new crazy ass tactic. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Yeah. I will crazy. say bicycle bicycles have actually come into these protests in a weird way. I know several people who have basically bit been with protesters and rioters who have used bicycles as boundaries for people it's a real nice funny thing about city yeah. bikes is they're incredibly heavy <laughs> so if, if somebody wanted to throw one through a fucking window it would go through the window uh most assuredly uh yeah there's there's been all kinds of uh weird tech also it's like the when think when people are rioting and stuff it's a different environment. So one option is if a cop is chasing you, it's not like normal times where you're where they're like, Oh, I will. Uh, okay. Officer, I'll stop here for a second. <laughs> one option is to run away. <laughs> it's like, Oh shit. I got to run away. I got to run away. So that's really helpful. That was, uh, was really cool because <clears throat> there were so many people, the cops would, would rush and people would disperse. And then like 20 minutes later, be back at Barclays. And then the cops would rush and people would disperse. And then 20 minutes later, people are back at Barclays, but they done brought a friend. So it's like, uh, uh, they couldn't keep up because as soon as you would push one, one group off, of, uh, off the block over here, it's just regrouping on the next block. So it was a, it was a really cool game of cat and mouse. I like that. So, also, I just went outside. I went outside like about an hour ago, right before we started, about like seven o'clock. All the stores, all the bodegas, all the grocery stores on my block have already closed. The cops are helping board up stores. The curfew is in effect at 11 o'clock and nobody is to be outside. So um, I'll see you guys outside at 11.05. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so Elsa, you were interviewed by Masha Gessen in the New Yorker. Uh, yeah. What was she like? What, uh, check everyone, check that out, uh, article out in the New Yorker if you can. Um, Elsa, what was that? Uh, what was interv- what was, was Masha Gessen like as an interviewer? Uh, well, you know what? 
he asked a lot of really just sort of open-ended questions um, and just let me talk like I usually do. Um, but what was going on was that uh, her daughter was was uh, was inside. So um, uh, Thursday night, Thursday night, there was a lot. Uh, when I got to Union Square at six o'clock, it was just a lot of very young kids. I'm going to say high school wow. and college age kids. Um, and you could tell, very green, very wet behind the ears, um, full of energy, full of fire, ready to go, no direction whatsoever. Right. So, you know, I just sort of rallied the troops and I was just like, we're getting kind of big to just be sitting here. Let's get marching. And so we marched south towards, uh, <clears throat> towards uh, Foley Square, further south to Wall Street, uh, and these kids were about it. I mean, trash cans in the street, um, mailboxes in the street. Uh, there was about twice where we rolled up on like a traffic truck that had like cones and 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 the, the traffic barrels and stuff in the back or whatever. Without without any instruction, these kids knew exactly what to do to make barriers and to set up um, uh, sort of you know set up sort of blocks for the cops. This was amazing. But, you know, because also they're um, real green and wet behind the ears, right. a lot of them were getting picked off. So when we, st uh, we stepped off around six, six-ish, for the most part, everything, our, our march ended at, our march ended at about 8.30. A lot of them got uh, picked off real quickly. So a lot of them were um, disheartened and ready to go. And I was yeah. like, no, what's next now, what comes next now is jail support. We gotta, you know, now's the time for us to go who, with who we have left, meet our comrades at jail for them to come out, right? None of them understood or knew what jail support was. So I walked mm -hmm. them down to one PP, collected money so that me and some other comrades could go up there to the market, water, snacks, protein bars, cigarettes for folks that were coming out right the aftercare were, yeah aftercare that jail place, support that pizza you know place, what I'm saying? That, there's a couple uh, of pizza places right around there yeah there. well you know um if you need some hot food or you know there's there's the there were medics out there we had all sorts of shit ready for you when you come out right um somebody was ordering ubers for people to go home if we needed an uber because you know they, the subway shut down. Subway shut down at one o'clock in the morning now, right? They were purposely trickling people slowly, very, very slowly out of jail that night. So Masha rolls up around three in the morning. We're tired. You know, there's still hella people inside. And I didn't realize or know who she was. She was just sort of standing around. And actually, at one point, I asked the comrade, like, who the fuck is this just standing around with a notebook? You know, like, <laughs> like who's just standing around with a notebook, looking at all of us in our faces and taking notes? He was, like, right, right. he was like, actually, she's a reporter and wants to speak to you. She's a reporter from the New Yorker. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I know the New Yorker. Let's step down the way and speak. So, you know, we stepped down the way and speak. She told me that she was waiting for her teenage daughter. There were a couple of parents who got down there and were waiting for their kids. People who, who drove in from outside the city, you know, because wow. their kids are, right, because their kids are here in college 
And Bro, outside agitate, out of state agitators. Wow. <laughs> no, and like that, that would be, no, honestly, that would be how they would carry that narrative. You know right. what I'm saying? Exactly. That's exactly yeah. how they would attach that outside agitator narrative. So some kid who goes to NYU gets arrested and because you're actually from another state, now you're counted as an outside agitator. But yeah, people's, people's parents drove in from outside the city to come get their kids and waiting there till four or five in the morning to get their kids because now it's past midnight and they can't release the kid, even though their parents are outside. Even though, you know, the teenagers were the only ones wow. allowed to make oh phone God. calls and they know that their parents are outside waiting, some of these kids weren't released till four or five in the morning. So you know, she's, just, she's just asking me questions about like, uh, you know, what was the day like? What was the police, what were the police like? And I told her from the beginning, from six o'clock, typically their MO is to wait until sundown, wait until it gets a little later, wait until some of the press has disappeared. You know, not at six o'clock in the broad daylight, but I says from six o'clock in the broad daylight and especially also not with a lot of kids around. They don't want to rough up the kids, but they are. I said that they weren't giving a fuck about the time. They weren't giving a fuck about who was bystanders on the street who were watching what, the, you know, if there was press there or not. From the moment we stepped off at six o'clock to eight o'clock to the time we decided to give up. They were aggressive and they didn't give a fuck if it was children. You know, and what she reported in, in, um, in her column was true. Person after person was coming out of jail with injuries. Like, not just you got scuffed up, you got roughed up. Kid, eight, 17, 18 years old, arm broken, hand limp. Arm broken, hand limp. They rendered him no medical attention. Um, wow. Uh, female. Female comes out. Uh, I, black swollen, nose, bloody, lip busted. Uh, a, a trans person comes out. They were in a tank top and shoulder bloody, legs bruised up from just being beaten up with the baton all across the legs. This is person after person. Um, Isn't it? And, it's a, a, a protest against police brutality and the police... Uh, hey. <laughs> Immediately show how brutal they can be. Yeah, they just got their they just got they just got their prepositions wrong. They're like, oh, we thought this was a protest for police brutality. <laughs> you, you guys don't like it. We got it wrong. You guys, you don't like the police brutality. <laughs> we thought we were being festive. It was sorry, it was she, she she was great to talk to. Um, you know, it was really kind of just a, a, a vent session. You know, Word. and about yeah, what yeah. I've been seeing that night and um the importance also of jail support you know that's just that's yeah. just another thing that i'm trying to like get across to people is that uh there's levels to this bitch right nobody is saying you got to get out in the street and throw a brick you know nobody's saying you got to get out here and get confrontational with the police you know um but can you stand on a corner and maybe pass out some waters as people go by you know uh, can you open your restaurant or your store and let people come inside and take a break, use the bathroom, you know? Um, I, I seen store owners grabbing people out the street, grabbing them and pulling them inside when pepper spray was, was you know, was being, was being thrown, you know? Wow. Can, you, can you donate to a bail fund? 
Can you donate to a black person directly? You know, you know sure. somebody who's going out tonight. You can't go out tonight. They put some money on their card. You know what I'm saying? It's as simple as that. Just like get in where you fucking fit in. There is a role for everybody. And that's why, again, this designation of calling um, Antifa um, terrorist is dangerous for everybody, you know? Uh, exactly. it's, yeah. that, it's that Kleenex problem, right? All tissue is known as Kleenex, even though not all, all tissue is Kleenex, right? So when, you, <laughs> so when you think and hear the words Antifa, right, you're, you automatically think of white kids uh, uh, in black, masked up, breaking shit, right? And that's not all it is. Antifa is that. It's also, you know, very nice. Yeah, it's also uh, food, not bombs. You know, it's also feeding the community. It's also street medic shit. You know, but when you when you when you categorize the ideology or way of thinking as terrorists, then what that does is all actions underneath that are now terrorists. Yeah, right. like when I think of the word, like because uh, I was talking about this to people today. Uh, and what what is Antifa? Is it an organization? You know, that's what they're thinking. I'm like, no, it means anti-fascist. And it's like, just a get, it's against fascism. Like, are you, are you pro-fascist? And they're like, no. And I'm like, all right, then. Would you fight against fascism? Well, that, right. that's the and mindset. It, just looks, it looks different. It's like, it's like karate styles, you know? Like I said, it's, like, it's like martial arts styles. Or it's like Christianity or whatever. We're all not going to practice the same martial art. We're not all going to, you know, pray the same exact way. You know, there are some basic tenets, you know, to Christianity that all Christians sort of agree upon, you know, and then from there, you decide how you do it. Uh, Elsa, I saw so many beautiful things yesterday at the Barclay Center. In the in the brief time I was there, I had at least um, two dozen people offering me bottles of water from the sideline. And exactly what you're saying, you know, because before I went down, I think some people might feel like, well, you go to a protest, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're on your feet the whole time. You're walking the whole time. What are you supposed to do? What if you need to use the bathroom? What if you get sick? What if anything? And the thing is, is there are people there who are supporting all of these needs. Like in front of me walking was a woman who had a sign on her book bag on her back that that said i have i have uh advil um aspirin band-aids uh what else benadryl and i was like hell yeah good looking for the <laughs> indoor kid right here when i first started going out and um some of y'all have seen my, my my big fat green sea bag right you've seen yeah. that right <laughs> when i first started going out i would carry a sea bag with gauze bandages <laughs> Uh, 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 granola bars, uh, was it um, throat lozenges or whatever? Um, there are people who I see pull up in in cars to block traffic, pop the trunk open, grab what you want out the truck. There's water, there's sn there's snacks, yeah, there's protein yeah. bars, you know. And the truck is ser your truck is serving two purposes. You're blocking off traffic. It's a station. When people you know people keep asking, what can I do? What can I do? What do you think? How do you think you can help and fucking do it? I, and you know what? I think a lot of people ask that so that I could tell you a thing to do. And then you can be like, oh, I can't do that. 
<laughs> but then you could be dude. like, oh, well, I asked. Dude, I want to see, I want to see the counter, the, the, the protester out there who's helping out in their own space. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you mentioned like a big bag. I just want to see like a guy with like a fucking like waterproof bag and stuff. And he looks like crazy. And he's like covered in baby oil and the cops try to tackle him. And they're like, what's in the bag? And then they put their hands in. It's just like, it's filled with cum. It's just a fucking bag full of cum. That's it. They're like, ha ha, I'm a, de- I'm a decoy. Ha ha, I'm crazy. crazy guys, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You know, and, I tr- and that's another thing I try to tell people. Those, you know, those privileged white kids you see dressed in black are serving a fucking purpose, okay? First off, if you ever see one, just one, that's an undercover, okay? <laughs> if you ever just see one, stay yeah. away from that person. But that's a uh, NYPD Foot Clan. Person, they need uh, sorry? NYPD Foot Clan. Sorry. Yeah, no, stay away from anybody, you know, just by themselves all dressed in black. That's an op. But when you see, when you see, you know, black block, when you see the, the white kids all dressed in, in white and they're breaking shit, that's for a fucking reason. It serves multiple purposes. It pulls the attention away from everyone else, right, to allow the march to continue. All right, and they understand their place and their privilege in the scheme of things. That they can do that, that they can take riskier behaviors, get caught, and get a lighter sentence. That's just how the system works. And that's you know flexing your privilege. Put yourself in you know they put themselves oftentimes in between black and brown protesters, you know, as a buffer. It's it serves a purpose. If you don't know, also if you don't know why motherfuckers are doing things. (laughs) <laughs> um, show up with El- your note your notebook and your pen <laughs> what, what are Elsa, you doing? actually actually I have, I have a follow-up question on that if you can yeah. uh I, I don't know exactly the extent of your knowledge of this stuff but do you have any relevant information as to like the kinds of charges that people are um uh charged with when they do get caught up with by the police? i mean i don't i mean i know somebody got charged with cross with jaywalking I know people who have gotten disrupting the peace. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to um, interrupt Elsa. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. Um, and, and and so and that's another thing I tell people when they get when they get released, right? Is that um, most of the time you're you're getting a ticket, okay? You're getting a, a disorderly conduct, uh, disturbing the peace. Um, and oftentimes, if you do get something else, right, like I've gotten um, a resisting arrest, the thing is, sure. you and 100, 200, 300 people are also getting the same thing. When you guys show up at court, the court just wants to process this as quickly as possible. So oftentimes, your charge is going to get dismissed. Maybe there's a fine. Maybe there's some community service. You're not going to jail. And once people yeah. understand that, which is what I say, you know what I'm saying? You got to start to kill that cop in your head. Your first protest arrest, I tell people, it does one of two things. It's meant to either radicalize you or scare you. You have to decide what, what, it, you know, what, what happens from that point. Did that scare you enough for you to not do it again? Because that's what they want to do. It's a timeout. It's big boy timeout, right? Yeah, it's, it's a, a big, big boy. boy. 
It's a big boy timeout. Time they they want to they want to scare you. They want to make it uncomfortable so that you don't do it again. Right? And it's meant to and it's meant to break up free speech and free exercise. Like it's not an actual. My theory about it is that it's not an actual arrest. It's they not. In fact, I actually, actually don't really have a record in New York. Right. They don't care that you're disorderly conduct. They're doing it for the purpose of collectively stopping free speech and free, like, right. like it, 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 it's, it, it, it's purpose is larger than the sum of the arrests themselves. It's right. And, and, and so and that's another reason why jail support is important. So that when right. people come out of jail, they don't feel like, you know, feel like shit, right? Like this, you're supposed to be celebrated when you're, look, look what you did. You did it. You know, you made it through. It wasn't that bad. And look, we're here with you for some cigarettes and some water, you know? Um, yeah. That's, that's the whole thing is it's, it's meant to just discourage you. Right. And, and um, yeah. Masha talks about that in her, in her piece as well, that her daughter, you know, when her daughter finally got out, she talked about how the, um, uh, how people's mood cycled from excitement and giddiness to despair from for how long they had been sitting in there, right? And of course, they don't tell you, you know, there's no clock. You can't, you can't figure out how long you've been in there. So it doesn't matter if you're only in there for two hours. It feels like yeah. forever. And that's they want you to keep gambling, you know? Yeah, they want you to, they want you to feel <laughs> comfortable that you'll never do that again. Oh, man, that was awful. That's the point. So, <laughs> yeah, when you ask what sort of charges you get, honestly, probably nothing. Yeah. Also, j jail is probably wild or uh, being being caught up at like one place plaza is, is wildly different because if you're if it's just like any day of the week and you get like a, tr you know, a cop arrests you, then you're just getting thrown in with a bunch of random people. <laughs> but if you are getting arrested and a pro in a mass protest, it's like, yeah, it's like only you, your friends and the one guy who is like fucking a watermelon during the pro the protest, you know? I want to go to the. I want to go to the water. Uh, Evan, you guys, you, uh, Evan, yeah. uh, shout out to Evan, uh, Evan Leslie Joes, who some years ago actually did a stand-up set in the in the mail's pen. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> who books that? You know, we we played. Yeah, we played games. We played games while in jail. You know, it's not it's not as scary as it's you know depicted as being. Not really this scary at all. Cell is now a comedy club. All right. It just like reminds me of like uh like when people will be at coffee shops and you do like some crappy coffee shop show. Um, uh, but that's much better. Yeah. That's uh, what games did you guys play in there? Um, you know, you can things like uh, you know, guess you know, g guessing games and stuff. Like, cause you know, you can't really see each other. That's the that's the other difference. The males. The males and men are held in a pen all together. And that's another thing she wanted to talk. That's another thing you know Masha wanted to talk about was um, the conditions. You know, yeah. so the men are in a pen together, 30, 40 some people in one pen, no masks because they take your property away from you. Um, and the women are two to three to a cell, an individual cells. Huh. Um, 
Yeah, so there's there's two separate locations in one PP. So that's the good thing about like when the men come out, they can tell you approximately how many more men are still inside, whereas it's uh, it's hard to you know figure out what's going on back in the women's section. So, but yeah, the, the, whole, the whole the whole jail thing is is corny. Why do you think they do that? Have the men in a pen and the women separate? I don't know, safety or something. <laughs> they, 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 uh, they, there's just like, one, there's one security guard who's like, all right, we'll put all the dudes in one, in one big pile. And we're going to put three ladies all together in this one little corner room. And you know, Hey, if anything happens, if anything happens, Hey, boy, be my guest, please. But you know, uh, you know, don't let me, I'm just going to be over here with binoculars looking at you guys. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. No, he's doing it for they're doing it for feminism, I'm sure. Yeah, you know. <laughs> when I think about aftercare, I think of the uh that scene in Goodfellas, the first time that Henry Hill gets pinched and he's a little kid, and then he, he steps out of the courthouse and all of the uh all of the older uh Goodfellas are like, Hey and they like give him a big party. <laughs> it's literally exactly like that. It's it's literally exactly like that. Yeah. No, there's there's a guy there's a guy in the mail pit who's just like slicing onions. He's like, you'll never get him this thin. Like, yeah. It's like, how long has he been here? Just like uh, uh, David David came David came for for me for uh, for jail support. I wasn't expecting him to show up, but yeah. Yeah, that was the night we were uh, during when the uh, that, that woman the. Uh, the woman who was selling the food in the subway, she got arrested. And we had yeah. that protest after that. That was in Harlem. And that night, uh, Elsa was getting pulled in by a cop to get arrested. And I was literally playing tug of war with the cop with Elsa's body. And I was trying to oh. pull her back. And then the cop punched me in the face. And then the cop arrested Elsa. And then I was down in jail support until like 3 in the morning until you got out. And... <sighs> It was fun hanging out down there, honestly. Like I, yeah, I bought some, gin- yeah, I bought some ginger snaps, um, and I was just giving those out <laughs> to people. And we had like a bunch. There's a bunch of free pizza and coffee, and it was. Jail support good, good fun. Energy. It's actually good fun. It's good energy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but well, you uh, speaking of jail, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, well, so we wanted to talk a little bit about like why, um, and we're gonna we'll get into this next week. Um, we want to talk about just like why we have so many people in prison and like what this is tied to because this is a a white collar crime podcast and we always like to focus on what is the financial incentive behind this sort of. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into the other stuff. No, 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 we'll get into the other stuff. Uh, next week we're, we want to talk about Geo Group. We want to talk about. MTC and uh, Core Civic. These are these three big, uh, biggest uh, private prisons in the country, and it's just uh, you know kind of like all part of this financialization of our you know prison industrial complex. Uh, you know, I mean, on top of all the sorts of um, issues that they've caused, they've caused things. You know, the family of a transgender woman who died in ICE custody files a federal lawsuit against. Uh, core civic you know this, this is one of these private prisons uh 
Ex-employee of ISIS facility in Anson says the company didn't do enough to stop the COVID-19 spread. They're, su they're su claiming that another, a private prison, did this. Um, an immigrant sued ICE is missing, uh, being deported to a dangerous border city. Where are they? They were in a private prison facility. Pri private prison inmates sued Queen's corporate jailer over the coronavirus rampage. This is all happening before last week, right? Yeah. Um, oh, you mean we have a culture of incentivizing human uh, incarceration? And, uh... <laughs> yeah. I know. This it's is like, another like, thing. Like, this is another thing to be out in the streets for. This is what I was just saying. There's there's so many things <laughs> happening that you just pick a reason and grab a pitchfork. Right. Well, you know, if you really, if you really want to get even, you, it, it, say you're not a person who's like, oh, I don't like writing. I think that's lame and dumb. You know, you're just a real square or whatever. I looked yeah, up maybe. this number. I looked up this number the other day. Guess how much the NYPD was sued for in the calendar year of 2018 to 2019. This is just NYPD suits. How many? How how much do you think it was for the calendar year of 2018 to 2019? $27 million. Okay, Gabe says $27 million. David, what do you say? $69,420. Okay, $69 million and $420,000. Elsa, do you have a you have a guesstimate? $100 million. $250 million what? dollars dude that's more than the, the gdp of guatemala <laughs> the <laughs> amount of suits and this isn't even just sort of like um aggressive force suits but the aggressive the aggressive force ones those that totals around like 60ish million but the amount that the NYPD on its own is sued is a financial catastrophe just imagine, imagine that's all, all taxpayer money too. Every time the NYT beats someone up. I got the NYPD, got a settlement, got some money or whatever out of it. Oh. Uh, they broke my ribs. Uh, they broke my ribs on camera. They broke my ribs on camera, unprovoked. They broke my ribs on camera, unprovoked, and did not arrest me. So, you know, I wasn't breaking, <laughs> wasn't breaking the law or anything. But like, you know, they needed to detain me or nothing like that me over and kept walking um was this in a, a boxing match or no in <laughs> fact you know this is why i began cop watching because i actually just stopped to record some something that you know they were they had some they had some white kid with bright red hair that's the only reason why i even seen it was the kid was tall and gangly he was up in front of me running and they were trying to put everybody on the sidewalk and he runs and cuts in between two cars to get on the sidewalk and they the cops are just like him and um oh no they take <laughs> them up onto the sidewalk and up against the building and they have them smashed up against the building and there's some other cop reaching over the, the scrum of the other cop to uh basketball this this kid's head against the wall he's just like wow 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 and i'm, I'm noticing Jesus. this because his his bright red hair is just like like going everywhere. So I run over to the sidewalk because I'm like, you know, gotta record this shit. And obviously yeah. they don't wanna be recorded and, and uh cop comes out my blind side and uh and knocks me over. And that's how that happens. Uh fast forward we sue them for that 
I get a settlement, I get some money. And, you know, people are all like, aren't you happy about that? I was like, well, not exactly, because that police officer is still on the force. Yeah. Um, it's not as much money as, I'm, you know, I deserve. And secondly, Wait, it, doesn't, it doesn't come out of the NYPD pocket. You paid me. I paid me. We, you know, we, <laughs> I paid me. Yeah, you know, that, this is my, this is all of our taxpayer dollars. Dude, Elsa, this, it drives me crazy. I had a, I, this guy texted me and he was like, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't approve of the police vans on fire. And I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, it's our tax dollars that are, it's, and I was like, and I was like, uh, I mean, I had to not uh, respond right away. I had to formulate my thoughts. But like 10 minutes later, it was like, not our, yeah, my tax dollars also pay for drones and uh, rubber bullets and uh, like, you know, fucking aircraft carriers and all that shit can be thrown into the garbage compactor along with all the cops. So, <laughs> Look at, are you, wait, would you rather your tax dollars going to police vans or, or COVID response? Because if, because if yeah. my tax dollars are going to police vans, that to me is a waste of money any goddamn way. Fuck that van. <laughs> Fuck that van. Ain't nobody out here burning down elementary schools. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, also seeing all those face masks that was being used by riot cops when, like, all the nurses are having the plastic bags. Oh, bro. Oh, yes. my God. That's right. Yeah. My, my eyes have rolled out of my head so many times. And, you know, and I even had to get upset with, you know, with Black business owners today, right? And I was like, you know what? I do feel bad. If something happens to your black business, but guess what it still is? At the end of the day, it's a business. It's <laughs> yeah. a building. You know, it's a building, it's a business. And I really don't want nobody fucking with your black business or whatever, but guess what can come back? Your, your business. Yeah. <laughs> guess what can not come back? You know what you sound like right now? You sound like some white people <laughs> being more concerned with some goddamn property. I'm sorry your business, your family business that's been in your family for 25 years is gone, but guess what? There's some 25-year-old people who are also gone today. There's some people who didn't reach their 25-year-old birthday, and at the end of the day, fuck your black business, fuck your small business, fuck your medium-sized business, Fuck your national corporation. <laughs> fuck your regional corporation. Okay. <laughs> fuck the fruit stand on the corner. All right. Fuck it all. <laughs> like and really? It's, like it's, I'm really it's, sorry. And that, that's not. That's like clearly not helping uh, solve this issue with this excessive police brutality against black people. Like th who just died in Louisville, but a small business owner. A barbecue yeah! stand, a bar, some a man, a black man who owned a barbecue restaurant and was giving out free barbecue to police officers, and he was still killed by the cops yesterday. Like, you being a small business owner is doesn't matter who you are. It does not make you a perfect or good person, and it is not going to save you from this fascist state. It's just not. And, and you know, the, the other thing I would have told this person work. was, you know what, if you want to, um, if you want to maybe protect your business or whatever, make sure your doors are open to give protesters some water. Nobody's burning down the place that's giving the protesters water. 
All right. Yeah. Make sure you, you know, make sure you got. If, if you want to make sure your your spot is safe, be there to make sure you got somewhere for people to use the bathroom. Nobody's burning down the spot. That's the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, like there's some there's some ways to protect your shit if you're really worried about your shit. But being like, oh no, please don't burn down my black business. Ah, fuck it. Because you know what happens if your black business winds up, um, if it ends up surviving guess what it's still out there covid ain't nobody coming to your fucking restaurant any goddamn way okay guess what guess what's gonna get it gentrification ain't nobody coming for your black business anyway <laughs> Elsa, okay? you mean the uh the new great depression the fact that right. nobody has money. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you out here protecting mm -hmm. uh, uh, your business that, that ain't guaranteed to survive the next six goddamn months anyway. And, uh, no. and, and being vandalized, <laughs> it might get insurance money. Yeah, you know, right being now, vandalized just... might actually be the best thing that happens to it. Yeah, because oh, now you've got a story. God. If the brand is strong, you might, you might come out of this on top. I'm Dude, just saying, yeah. we need to Dude. worry about the... <laughs> we need to keep our focus, yo. Keep our focus. The focus is right now, fuck the police. <laughs> and how the fuck we how the fuck you feel like getting there? There's two there's a word that I really need everybody to fucking understand. It's autonomy. Do whatever the fuck you feel like. Ain't no rules right now. Yeah. There's if you wanna if you wanna survive as a business as well, keep the bathroom open and you just put a sign at that that says, if you wanna blow something up. Let it be this bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Paint the walls! Paint the walls! <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a very yeah, very good idea. All right, well, let, let's let's end it on painting the walls uh, with that. I think, uh, I, think that's a, I think that's a good note. Uh, paint the walls, everyone. Uh, this has been a special episode. Um, and uh, we love you all. Stay safe. Stay strong. Uh, don't listen to the bullshit. And uh, good night. Yeah. Uh -uh. Night. Paint the walls. Thanks for coming on, Elsa. Take <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs>